Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Here's a story I'd like to tell About a nation y'all know real well Exiled back in 7 O.C.E. Since then we've lived in many countries And we're coming back we're coming back, we're coming back, hey, yeah, yeah. Hey! Kibbutz is the Hebrew tongue. The rain of Edom down another run. Now as we enter the Holy Land, sit back.
just one. But together we're number one. One, just one. But together we're number one. One, just one. But together we're number one. One, just one. But together we're number one. I say Jenny, you say Bob. We say Jenny, baby, bim, bum, bum. I say Jenny, you say Bob. We say Jenny, baby, bim, bum, bum. Jenny, baby, baby, bim, bum, bum. Jenny, baby, baby, bim, bum, bum. Jenny, baby, baby, bim, bum, bum. Jenny, bim, bum, bum. good that we're wrapping up that half hour with 8th Day, because 8th Day is going to be visiting us here at JM in the AM. It may be a phone visit, from what I'm told, and it may not be a full group visit, <laughs> but they will be visiting in one way, shape, or form here at JM in the AM. I didn't realize, apparently, uh, I was aware of the fact that uh, likely only one day of 8th uh, Day, or one member of 8th Day, one day of 8th Day, that's funny. Uh, one member of 8th Day would be here this morning live in studio. Uh, but apparently, uh, I did not, what I did not realize is that, uh, it's very possible that neither of our 8th Day members will be live in studio with us and, uh, they'll be in touch with us rather by telephone when we do the official debut of the brand new single that they are, uh, debuting today here at JMAM. So in one way, shape, or form, we'll hear from at least one of the eighth day um, members uh, in the eight o'clock hour, and to uh, get this debut going. And uh, if they don't actually visit us today, I'm sure they will visit us at some point in the future. Yaakov Shweki before that with the Sephardic medley off of Live in Nokia in Israel. Simply Tzvat, the Dance Nigun from Fresh Air, the Erblich Brothers in Samchenu off the Shalom Aleichem CD. Lenny Solomon's We're Coming Back, and Regesh Modaani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Tuesday, the 11th of June, the 3rd of Tammuz, Gimel Tammuz 5773, 69 degrees, 92% humidity, winds of southwest at 9 miles per hour. Afternoon thunderstorms and a high temperature of 80. Then tonight, partly cloudy, low 65, and tomorrow sunshine with a high temperature 77 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 82, Tel Aviv at 79, Haifa at 82, and a lot at 95 degrees. We're at 69 on a Tuesday here at JM in the AM. As we wake up at 28 minutes before 7 o'clock. Good morning, all. All right, aside from our uh, eighth day debut, which will happen in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll welcome uh, David Mandel and special guests from OHEL Children's Home and Family Services for an important pre-summer update coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. That is all happening this morning here at JM and the AM. And, of course, 
Everyone seems to be talking about Yaakov Shweki's appearance at JM in the AM. It happens tomorrow morning. Yaakov Shweki live in studio tomorrow morning should be very interesting as every visit from Yaakov Shweki is very interesting. Yaakov Shweki tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. And we will have that for you approximately 8 a.m. tomorrow as we look forward to his visits. Uh, where do we go? J.M. and the A.M. with Itzik Dadya on a Tuesday morning.
soothing sound of Shlomo Cats. JM and the AM Tuesday morning broadcast. Thanks for joining us, folks. Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, David Mandel, CEO of OHEL, and Norman Blumenthal, OHEL's brand-new director of trauma, bereavement, and rapid response team. They are guests of ours here at JM and the AM. Then the 8 o'clock hour, we will hear from 8th Day. It seems that 8th Day will not be in our studio, but we will hear from at least part of 8th Day this morning. And we will debut their brand-new single coming up here at JM and the AM. Tomorrow, Yaakov Shweki expected live in studio here at JM and the AM. A lot of folks talking about that appearance should be very interesting. It is rare that Yaakov Shweki spends an hour with us or anybody on the radio dial. We get an opportunity tomorrow morning in the 8 o'clock hour. Make sure you're tuned in and get set to enjoy. Two minutes before 7 o'clock on this Tuesday. Uh, JM in the AM Tuesday with a reminder that the uh, amazing and incredible live stream continues all day long with fantastic programming, including Live Lunch with ZK coming up later today, starting at 12 noon Eastern Time on the stream. Yishai Fleischer, 5 p.m. Eastern Time tonight with an all-new show and a whole bunch of stuff. By the way, don't forget that at the end of June, Yishai will announce the winner of the drawing for two free tickets to Israel. You can still sign up and participate if you go to his website at Yishai Fleischer. Dot com. <clears throat> Bill Clinton and Mikhail Gorbachev will speak at the annual Israeli presidential conference this week. Malka and Yishai will give a new perspective on the future of the Jewish nation and why the world continues to hear the same old speeches that miss the point and yet keep getting more expensive. Uh, Baruch Wyden, an Arabic and Islamic uh, Islamist expert, joins Yishai to examine current events across the map of the Middle East and why Middle Eastern leaders are hostile to their own people. Knesset insiders Jeremy Monsaltan lets us in the on the latest tension, victories, and what's ahead for the summer in Israeli politics. And a special report, Formula One in Jerusalem. Does the race belong in the holy city? Yishai brings exclusive reports from the streets of Jerusalem, and you'll hear from Mayor Nir Barakat and local journalists as well. Should be very interesting. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. We've got the uh, new, do we have our news from Israel? Let's see if we have our news from Israel in the background, ready to roll. News from Israel, ready to roll. We'll do the Galitzal Israel Army Radio newscast, and then plenty more here at JM in the AM on this Tuesday. Again, a reminder, Yaakov Shweki tomorrow live in studio. It should be a very interesting morning as we examine the brand new live in Nokia double CD. Galitzal Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. Thank you.
בישראל לפני כמה שעות הותרו לפרסום פרטי הרצח וחלק משמות החשודים. על פי המשטרה, נער בן 16 פנה לפני כארבע שנים לקרוב משפחתו, חגי פליסיאן, וטען שפעיל מוכר בקהילה הגאה תקף אותו מינית. אז יצא פליסיאן, החשוד המרכזי ברצח, למסע הנקמה בבר נוער, בסיוע חנקשייב. כתבותינו אלי אוכנברג ושרון פולבר מוסרות, שמעצרו של הפעיל המוכר הוארך בצהריים בארבעה ימים, ושמו עדיין אסור לפרסום. הנה עורך דינו רן אלון. בשלב הזה נגרם נזק עצום למרשי, ששמו הטוב נעקד על המזבח אה, שלו בצדק, ונגרם לו פשוט, הופך אותו לקורבן נוסף של הפרשה, כשאנחנו בעצמנו כרגע בשלב הזה מנועים מלדבר אה, על גופם של דברים. ובתוך כך עם פרסום הפרטים, קורא השר לשעבר אלי ישי להתנצל בפני העדה החרדית. מיד בהיוודע דבר הרצח בבר נוער, עוד בטרם החלה החקירה, הונפו שלטים בגנותי ובגנות האוכלוסייה החרדית והדתית כאשמים בדרך כזו או אחרת ברצח. הקלות הבלתי נסבלת שבה מחתימים ציבור שלם על לא עוול בכפו מחייבת חשבון נפש של הציבור כולו, דברי ישי. עוד בחדשות, יום לאחר ששרת המשפטים ציפי לבני ביקשה מנתניהו להחליט אם הוא מאפשר לדנוניזם כלשונו להשתלט על הקואליציה, שותף בכיר בממשלה, השר נפתלי בנט, מדבר על תהליך השלום. אני לא רואה שלום באופק, יכולים להסתובב, בעידות, עזבו, אנחנו יודעים את האמת. תסתכלו צפונה, דרומה, מזרחה, כל המזרח התיכון מתפרק מול העיניים שלנו, והם לא אה, מתפקדים להסתדרות הציונית. והאח של בנט, שר האוצר יאיר לפיד, הניח בצהריים על שולחן ועדת הכספים של הכנסת את תקציב המדינה הבא. לאף אחד אין זכויות יוצרים על הדאגה, וגם אני, ליבי נשבר בקרבי מול כל אימא חד-הורית ומול כל ילד שנמצא מתחת לקו העוני, ואנחנו נדאג לאנשים האלה כי זה תפקידנו הראשון במעלה. אבל צריך לזכור שהדבר שהשכבות החלשות הכי זקוקות לו זה מדינה חזקה. את הדברים הביאו כתבינו יאיר שרקי ויותם ברגר. על אף הקיצוץ בתקציב הביטחון, הכשירות המבצעית של מערך המילואים לא תיפגע, כך אומר היום בכנסת תת-אלוף הגיא יחזקאל, ראש חטיבת התכנון בצה"ל. כתבנו נמרוד דנישמן שמע אותו. בהערכה כללית של הכשירות והמוכנות למלחמה בשלוש עשרה, הגם שביטלנו לא מעט דברים, לרבות תרגילי מסגרת, היא נשמרת, היא תהיה בכשירות טובה. למעשה העברנו את כל גרף התעסוקה לסדיר כדי לחזור, שהמשמעות האמיתית של זה למילואים היא סוגיית הלכידות. הגדודים שהיו צריכים להיפגש, לא נפגשים. אלה החדשות שעורך חדר שיפר. Thank you. 
میاد خوابن اما سخون بی تختان ما سرای لخواد اسبخصه بخت تا دام و بشه
קהל נכבד, מוכנים? רוצה להקדיש את השיר.
a.m. Yaakov Shweki with that amazing Misha Berach for Tzahal, for the uh, brave, courageous heroes of the IDF, of the Israel Defense Forces. There he is with uh, Misha Berach. Yaakov Shweki in our studio tomorrow. We'll talk about that song and a whole bunch of other great selections from the brand new Live in Nokia CD. It's a double CD. And we will uh, discuss all of it tomorrow morning with Yaakov Shweki in JM in the AM, or on JM in the AM. He uh, subtitles the CD, A Tribute to Our Soldiers. We'll discuss all of it tomorrow morning when he visits us here at JM and the AM. OHEL update coming up. Both David Mandel and Norman Blumenthal are expected in our studio. In the 8 o'clock hour, we will world debut the brand new 8th Day single. And we might actually have some contact from the 8th Day folks. <laughs> Originally, 8th uh, Day was supposed to be in our studio this morning, but uh, we'll, we'll have them on in some way, shape, or form, I am confident. Just may not be in person in our studio in Jersey City, that's all. Afternoon thunderstorms with a high temperature of 80, partly cloudy tonight, low 65, and sunshine for tomorrow with a high temperature 77 degrees. JM in the AM with a, a couple of reminders. Don't forget our stream goes all day long with amazing music and incredible programming, including ZK's Tuesday Live Lunch, which comes at you at 12 noon Eastern time on the stream at jmandtheam.org. Don't forget Yishai Fleischer is on tonight starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. He has been an incredible addition to our uh, network. And today, he addresses many different topics. Uh, both Bill Clinton and Mikhail Gorbachev speak at the annual Israeli presidential conference this week. Malka and Yishai give their perspective on what's happening. Baruch Wyden, Arabic and Islamist expert, joins Yishai to examine current events across the Middle East map. Knesset insider Jeremy Monsaltan lets us in on the latest tension victories and what's ahead for the summer in Israeli politics. And a special report, Formula One in Jerusalem? Does the race belong in the Holy City? Yishai brings us exclusive reports from the streets of Jerusalem. You'll hear from Mayor Nir Barakat and local journalists as well on all these issues starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on our stream at jmdm.org. Don't forget, Yishai has this... Um, Two free tickets to Israel uh, drawing. That's going to happen at the end of June. If you want to sign up, go to yishaifleischer.com. That's yishaifleischer.com uh, for all that information. Reminder that tomorrow night is the Karen Biavna dinner. That happens at the Museum of Jewish Heritage in New York City. We uh, take great, great pride in wishing a mazal tov to all the honorees, especially Rabbi and Rebetzin from the Lower East Side, or by Tzvi and Shira Ram. Uh, to the Rubens, to the Rams, to the Adlers, to the Naxons, a very special Mazal Tov as they're all being recognized during Karen Biavna's 60th year of achievement. Their big dinner is tomorrow night at the Museum of Jewish Heritage starting at 6.15. Information 718-645-3130, 718-645-3130. Check it out and uh, get ready to enjoy a um, wonderful dinner tomorrow night. Uh, for Yeshivat Karim Biavne. Also, a, uh, I want to take this opportunity and wish a Mazel Tov. I got this note from listener Silky earlier this morning. Mazel Tov to Yehuda Yitzchak Pitterman. Yehuda Yitzchak Pitterman is making a siyum today on Shisha Sidre Mishnah. He's at Shari Tvuna in Yerushalayim. It is a tremendous way to finish off the year, as Silky points out. And boy, is she right. And we wish uh, Yehuda Yitzchak a very special Mazel Tov from all of us here 
at JM in the AM. I want to remind our friends in Bergen County and beyond, because we know that our friends at TABC are not just Bergen County. They seem to be everywhere as um, students come from all over the place to take part in the Torah Academy of Bergen County each day. The community is invited to a special Father's Day Yom Iyun in support of the TABC Scholarship Fund. There will be a delicious breakfast, stimulating shiurim and activities for the whole family, and you'll be able to shower Dad with uh, respect and appreciation. Father's Day, Young Israel of Teaneck will be the place on Perry Lane in Teaneck, New Jersey. The uh, breakfast starts at 9.30. The program goes from 10 until noon. There'll be a special presentation by outstanding students and faculty, the land of our fathers. There'll be supervised activities for younger children during the sessions as well. Uh, so that's all going to be happening uh, this coming uh, Sunday to celebrate Father's Day and to uh, see the TABC Scholarship Fund uh, become as successful as possible. Information about the whole thing, you contact TABC in Teaneck, New Jersey, either TABC.org. That's tabc.org, or you could use their um, you could use their uh, contact phone number, and that is. Do I have it here? I will get you the TABC contact phone number, and uh, you'll be able to um, come and enjoy a wonderful time in Teaneck, New Jersey. So Father's Day is this coming Sunday. How do you like that? Father's Day is this coming Sunday. And you'll be able to um, enjoy some of those great presentations and a wonderful breakfast. 29 minutes after 7 o'clock, J.M. in the A.M. Tuesday with uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser. His words, Echonishmas Arav Zebin, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizok. Good morning. The Vilna Gaon quotes the Medrash that for every moment that a person restrains himself and does not speak that which is forbidden, he merits a spiritual light that even the Malochim in heaven cannot fathom. We learn that in the future, the animals will gather together and they will challenge the Nochash, the serpent. They will say, the lion and the wolf, they eat their prey. But what kind of pleasure do you have by injecting a person with your venom and killing him? The Nochash will answer, What pleasure does man have when he speaks Lashon Hara with his evil tongue and hurts his victim? This fascinating dialogue can be understood on a deeper level with an insight from the weekly Duff. When the serpent tempted Chava to eat from the Eitz Adas, it was cursed. al Upon your belly you shall go, dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Man will pound your head, and you will bite his heel. We learn in Saita that when the serpent was first created, it walked upright on legs. When the serpent was cursed, he was lowered and lost his dignified posture and bearing. Now that the serpent lacks the ability to raise himself to man's height and stature, he tries to bring man down to his level by injecting venom into the heel of his human rival. The serpent explains to the other beasts that he's actually no different than any man who speaks evil. The person who speaks Lashon Hara, he's envious of his neighbor. Instead of struggling to raise himself to his rival's level, he wants to bring his rival down. He wants to speak ill of him, as the serpent does, by injecting venom into his heel. One morning, 
the great Rosh Hashiva Rabaran Kotler was brought his usual cup of coffee. Later, the Talmidim noticed that he didn't drink anything from the cup. So they brought him a fresh cup of coffee. He didn't drink that one either. A Talmud asked him why he wasn't drinking that day. Rabaran responded to him that there was a family that was pursuing a shidduch with one of the Talmidim. They were likely to ask the great Goin information. Rabaran said, If I praise the student, I will transgress midvar sheker terchok, not telling the truth. On the other hand, I don't feel comfortable saying the whole truth, because it's likely that once the couple would be married, they will be very satisfied with each other. My remarks could cause the shidduch to be disrupted unnecessarily. Therefore, concluded Rabaran, I decided to fast and to daven to Hashem to spare me this phone call. This has been Rabbi Dovi Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
it's all over now forever I'm alone but dear brother please don't mourn me when my life has just begun what you hear are sounds of joy congratulations it's a boy oh I believe that there is a world to come yes I That there is a world to come Cause what you hear are sounds of joy Congratulations, it's a boy Soon you'll be here with me in this world to come Soon you'll be here with me in this world to play that song because somebody from the younger generation asked me if I ever heard of this song the other day asking me as if it had just been released <laughs> going back about 30 years with journeys and conversation in the womb yeah I informed them that I had heard of it and uh, I think they were shocked JM in the AM at 737 23 minutes before uh, uh, 8 o'clock on this Tuesday our friends from OHEL will be visiting us our friends from 8th Day, I believe, at some point during the 8 o'clock hour with the debut of their brand new single. Tomorrow, Yaakov, Yaakov Shweki live in studio. Yishai Fleischer later today on our stream at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, live from Israel. He's amazing, and uh, he'll be joining us at that time on the stream when it's midnight in Israel and 5 p.m. here. ZK conducts the live lunch at 12 noon Eastern Time on the stream. Make sure to be tuned in for that. Lots of stuff going on here on a... Uh, on a Tuesday at JMNAM and JMNAM.org. Don't forget our Facebook update page, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel on Twitter, at Toll Jewish Radio or at Nachum Siegel Net. Either one should get you the uh, updates you're looking for on Twitter from us. So make sure to check that out and enjoy Tuesday morning as we continue with Yehuda Green.
J.M. and the A.M. That's Avramo Avram Freed here on a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast. Before that, you heard the music of Yehuda Green with the Kalbach selection. Days are coming. 749, 11 minutes before 8 o'clock on this Tuesday. David Mandel is, of course, the CEO of OHEL and uh, is with us with a special guest uh, this morning at J.M. and the A.M. David, welcome back to J.M. and the A.M. Good morning, Nachum. Thank you. I'm stunned by a piece of news that you gave me just a minute ago, and that is that... Uh, the Ohel Golf Tournament took place yesterday. Now, yesterday, for those who were anywhere in the tri-state area, it was a very difficult day. In fact, I was I was frustrated that the weather forecaster kept calling it light rain. To me, it was a hurricane what was going on yesterday afternoon. And you say that the majority, close to 90% of the golfers, showed up and actually played in yesterday's weather. 136 of 144 golfers Boy. came yesterday, even though the Doppler... Weather map said that the rain would stop on the second hole at 11.15. <laughs> they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they were wrong, but the golfers were right. They continued playing. Um, the overwhelming majority of golfers continued playing. Nachum, you're not a golfer, it I can tell. It does not make sense. <laughs> I thought the golf courses don't operate in the rain. Like, I didn't know that you could even play golf in the rain. They, they wouldn't be concerned about ruining Where the Where would course. you like the grass to go, Nachum? No, I know. I, just, I thought, like, it ruins it because it's so soft and all that. Anyway, I have my own uh, uh, opinions or um, uh, conjectures about this. Anyway, I'm glad it was a success and that everyone had a good time. And I hope they dried off once they got home. Well, they had a great time. The uh, overwhelming majority of golfers played uh, through the 18 holes, and <laughs> Ben Englander, Michelle Salzberger, and Jonathan Marks, and Morty Schwartz, and Izzy Kaufman, the five golf chairs of the Ohel Golf Event, just did in a, a great job. I have, really a, me- I have job. a message for all of them. Rain date. You ever hear of that? <laughs> Yeah, take a day like today, push it off 24 hours, you can actually get a decent round of golf in, you know what I mean? I'll bet you most of the golfers are out this morning again playing. <laughs> That's true. They didn't want to give up a day. With you this morning is Norman Blumenthal. Dr. Blumenthal is OHEL's brand new director of trauma, bereavement, and rapid response team. We have spoken with Dr. Blumenthal on these airways before. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's a great honor to be here. It's great to have you here. And, David, we normally start with you, but if you don't mind, I'll start with Dr. Blumenthal. How do you judge if what you do is successful? How does one quantify that they're doing well and getting positive results when it comes to the area of bereavement? So it's interesting. Actually, there's a, a story that the director of uh, psychology at Long Island Jewish once told me that when his children were young, he heard them outside talking about what their daddy's doing. One person says, my daddy's a lawyer, and one another one said, my daddy's a doctor. And then they asked him, his son, what is he doing? He said, he said my daddy's a psychologist. They said, what's that? He said, well, he's like a doctor, but his patients don't get better. <laughs> uh, the, I see you know what I had in mind. <laughs> yes, right. Um, I would say that maybe one of the benefits of doing more trauma and immediate kind of bereavement interventions is that the events, uh, unfortunately occur very quickly, occur carifying, if you will, and sometimes the response, hopefully positive, not always, but the response to the intervention is more immediately seen. Now, some of the long-term impact and effects, of course, is much slower, but when you're responding at an occurrence or at a time or shortly thereafter when a trauma has occurred, it's one of those rare opportunities you have in my field where you can see more immediate responses. Aren't there a lot of people 
of every age that have no desire to speak to someone like you after a tough event? Absolutely. In fact, I don't think I would either. Um, it's, I mean, after a tough event specifically. Right. No, actually, at that point, um, yes, it's true. You're right and you're not right. Uh, at that point, sometimes people are very hesitant to have to deal with someone who's not familiar. In fact, mm. that sometimes our role is more coaching and helping along family members, rabbis, uh, neighbors who, are the, who know them already, whom they're familiar with, whom they're at home with. So sometimes the introduction of someone whom they don't know personally uh, is rather jarring when their whole world is collapsing around them. So that's true, although sometimes when you know what you're doing and you come in and you exude that competence and you seem to know how to address or how to resonate with the situation they're in, their needs are so great that they'll respond rather So you may, in many cases, you may never have direct contact with somebody who's suffering. You may be on the sidelines coaching those who are on the field who, again, have this very close relationship with that person. Absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes we're we're more in a tertiary capacity. Right. Um, uh, Dr. Norman Blumenthal is here, David Mandel, CEO of OHEL, in our studio this morning. Have you, and this is just a few weeks that you joined OHEL, right, correct? Right, have, have you enjoyed the first few weeks? Uh, I, it's been a bit, it's been a whirlwind. I, I learned myself the, the breadth of OHEL, which I was not even aware of ahead of time, uh, both in terms of the personnel and in terms of the, the uh, variety of services that OHEL offers, but it's very exhilarating because it really brings to the work that I do uh, many resources, so I'm very excited. When we talk about bereavement, rapid response, trauma, etc. You probably more than anybody can tell us how different people are. Mm-hmm. And it just does it doesn't mean that we categorize folks and in seven, eight categories is where you could place you know, in one of them you could place anybody. It's really it's much more than that, right? I mean, the, all, all the more so when someone is traumatized or challenged, because when if you're dealing with something nominal or something that you have time to address, you can experiment with different ways of coping, and you can listen to other people's advice how they handle that situation. When you're facing something enormously challenging or something so destabilizing that you're you're wondering how you're absolutely going to survive, you rely on the resources and you rely on the coping mechanisms that you've used in the past. So we. We become very individual in these situations, and uh, that's, again, why this work is so exciting, but the work in general in mental health, because uh, nothing is repetitive. Every case is no. A lot of people would fear the type of circumstances you're put in. I would not call it exciting. I would not look forward to waking up in the morning and facing... I remember a conversation I had with David Mandel about whether it's better to sort of ignore what the, the trauma that someone may be going through, which is, of course, how I felt, that it's better to keep your mouth shut. And he encouraged me at some point during a specific episode to open up and actually speak to the person. How how does one adjust? Can you give bereavement advice to those who are trying to give sure. comfort to the bereaved? Well, those of us in this field often look forward to the day when we're going to go out of business. Right. Um, and uh, that's certainly something we, we look forward to. To, um, you're right. It is scary. Uh, the interesting thing, even is, for you, even for me. Every, in fact, I often say that the day that I'm not scared is the day I should retire. Because so the, you're going to walk into that home where, God forbid, a child has been lost, and now you know whatever the circumstance okay. was, and now you have to, you are going to, you know, you're being called on to help the parents or whatever the case may be. Obviously, we can go through a million scenarios. Mm-hmm. You have. You have reservations. Okay, so the way it works is that when it, when you're first on my trip, while I'm there, I'm petrified. I, and I tell myself this is the last time I'm ever going to do this. Right. And I'm a liar. Hey, you're just like me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, 
when you're in this situation, this sort of like the adrenaline, you get the adrenaline right. rush. And sometimes even I'm amazed myself. Sometimes I even shut down. Not even so much the emotions as much as the trepidation or the awareness of the enormity of the situation that I'm dealing with so that I can think straight and I can be effective. And But it, those feelings don't go away. Then after you leave, it comes cascading. In fact, a big chunk of this work for myself and even for the staff that I work with is the debriefing afterwards. Mm. Or for that matter, even with uh, Hatzalah drivers, etc., that uh, something that's referred to in the literature as secondary trauma, that when after you've done what you've done, your intervention, and things have settled down and you, let's say, go back to the car and sit down behind the steering wheel and suddenly all the emotions that you've sort of parked mm-hmm. come flooding. And it's very important in this kind of work to talk about it, to process it, uh, and to make sure that have healthy outlets. What if people are encountering folks who don't want to talk? I'm not talking about mm-hmm. those who are counselors, but I mean, and this must be the most common situation, right? Where where people are are stoic, are stunned, silent because mm-hmm. of what has happened, mm-hmm. and and have and may not even have a desire to open up to anybody. Again, uh, does, that, does it feel like you're lacking when that's going no, on? No, it's, it's respect. I have to respect the mechanism, coping mechanisms the person needs to do at that point. These are emergency situations, and everybody will do what they need to do at that moment based on their, the nature of the trauma and based on their own personality and their own coping mechanisms. So if I, I come across someone and the message I get from them is that I need not to talk, I need to sort of like crawl into my shell for, at this moment, I'll respect that and I'll give them their distance. And so you, you could be sitting there for a half hour and nobody's saying a word. Sometimes that's a big chunk, but, but sitting there. And I'm available to you. And they know you're there to help. And I'm and, there. And, and someone cares. Uh, right. And there's also phases. People will go. Even in the, the immediate response to a trauma or a loss, there are rapid phases that a person will go through. Now, you've had quite a career. Has anything happened in the first few weeks at OHEL that was something you never saw before or a situation that... Uh, every, we, every situation is something I've never seen before. Are you serious? Yeah. Every situation. You know, I often reference uh, when I was in, m- many more years ago than I care to consider, when I was in YU and I was in... And Ravaran Kreiser here, and when Rabbi Kreiser heard that I was becoming a psychologist, he pulled me out of class and with his finger in my face, told me, "Blumenthal, you want to be a psychologist, you got to be a gone. A, a doctor, a lung is a lung, but every patient that comes into your office is a parsha b'fnayatzma." And I, every time, every time I, I come into a situation, or every patient who walks into my office, I see Rabbi Kreiser in front of me, and I know I'm starting from scratch. Wow, it's America. I'm sorry, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU. Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. David Mandel, how has Dr. Blumenthal's addition to your staff affected your staff and organization? That's fine. Leave right there. We're very excited to uh, have Dr. Norman Blumenthal. It, it, not from the point of view of all the crises that we can respond to, because that means that someone at the other end has a problem, had a problem, some type of a life-altering situation. But as we describe it at OHEL, um, OHEL over the years has done trauma work with a um, small T, uh, with many families, with many communities. Dr. Blumenthal joining OHEL, um, is OHEL does trauma work with a capital T. Trauma, crisis intervention, rapid response, bereavement, and he is uh, literally a world-class professional, an expert in the area of trauma, bereavement, crisis response. We have 
quite a few mental health professionals who do this work in trauma. And we have a mobile response team. Norman brings this to a new level. So, you know, I loathe to use the word excited about mental health (laughs) because, as I said, it means somebody has a difficult problem. But we're very, very excited about the level of professionalism that Dr. Blumenthal brings to our JM in the AM with David Mandel and Dr. Norman Blumenthal. Who is the... And I, I may just sound ignorant because I don't. Maybe I don't uh, pay enough attention to the to the uh, public relations and the general public. What, what's the quintessential rapid response team in this country? If we look at the Red Cross as the you know response to disasters, usually you know in cases like who's who's well known? Who do we try to emulate in this area? Well, obviously, look, uh, obviously the Red Cross is a even team, on psychological. More, more, well, more in terms of uh, huge national crises. Right. Uh, plane crashes, etc. I've visited the Red Cross headquarters um, and I've met with actually the director himself of the the Red Cross and they certainly have a very sophisticated team, Uh, as does, by the way, the New York City Police Department. I've met with the uh, director of, uh, for example, who does in charge of death notification, uh, again, Loveleno, who happens to be a woman minister and has an area of expertise. There is actually an organization out west um, and I'm forgetting it's a Abbreviations. I think it's something like TIFF or something like that, which actually trains volunteers to to do death notification. It has not come out here to the east. Uh, MAD does a lot of that kind of work. Um, UCLA has a very sophisticated rapid response team. So this is an ever-growing industry. Unfortunately, and I think also given some recent news events, uh, many of us are bracing... Uh, we hope not to. It's, it's one of those kind of things which we, you know, it's, as the Gemara sometimes says, lo haya, lo osed lios. I can't say lo haya, but we hope it's unnecessary. But, uh, in the event of situations such as, uh, Sandy Hook or, right. you know, or, or Toulouse or and all that, so that somebody can in a very rapid and immediate fashion help and assist in, in these situations. So there's a growing awareness and it's because it is, uh, unfortunately, uh, a growing school. There's also natural disasters. Um, there's the tornado in Oklahoma. Yeah, there's uh, uh, Hurricane can't. Sandy. The, 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 and it's, you can't start organizing when it occurs. You have to have the organization in place ahead of time. Is it more difficult to give encouragement to large groups in that situation? If tornado victims gathered as, a, as 200 in an auditorium, would that be a more difficult communication for you than one-on-one? Well, it's more and it's less. And On the one hand, there is a certain comfort knowing that you're part of a a larger group that is struggling. It, it, uh, there is a, a certain, as I said, it, it does relieve, right. this is even statistically been, been proven that when something occurs to a community and, and people feel like they're all in, very much in the same boat, that that helps in a, a lot. But it does, it creates much more difficulty in terms of organizing, uh, the response. Even when, uh, Sandy Hook hap, uh, occurred, I, I happened I happen to be cousins with the senator from Connecticut, and I right. reached out to him, and uh, you know he sent a message back to me, basically that there are bereavement specialists and crisis specialists tripping over each other's feet. Um, so it, it becomes sometimes in these large and on the, on the few occasions when I've been to a situation where it's affecting and impacting on a very large group, sometimes the work is more just in terms of organizing and make sure that that the provisions that are given are given in an organized fashion. The last thing someone needs in a situation like that is to be besieged by many different people. You know, even the area of death notification is different than it used to be, and I wonder if you encounter this to the degree that I think someone like you would. 
uh, it used to be that it was those people from the police force or from you know other sources that in fact informed the family mm-hmm. of what had happened. That was probably the first word that right. family members got today. Because of social media and the internet, it is possible, and I would again turn to you to tell me how likely it is, that people would find out about a disaster, that, God forbid, that happened to their own friend or relative within seconds of when it happened through the internet. Sure. We've had situations like that, and that's, that's very unfortunate. The other thing is also, even um, many police departments prefer when someone like myself or from an OHL team mm-hmm. come down. The, again, the research shows that in, in tragic situations like that, uh, families respond more favorably if the person who comes to do the notification or comes shortly after the notification is someone familiar, even if not familiar in terms of known to them, but familiar in terms of culture, language, etc. So uh, law enforcement is very grateful when if, if they're in a situation like this and someone like myself or someone from a, a team like ours uh, comes down to a system or to actually do the notification. Do you ever have a situation where people just don't get out of it, even non-trauma situations, what we call you know, a parent passing away and someone mm-hmm. obviously is depressed and goes through a process that some of us are familiar with at this point, mm-hmm. uh, are, uh, do you encounter people that simply never snap out of it? Okay, so uh, snapping out of it has to be clarified, okay? Uh, you, you, I'm you, a layman. I'm allowed to use that term. Yeah, I know. I love it. Uh, and and I've, I've several times walked into a place and snapped my fingers and hoped the problem goes away, but uh, it, it, it hasn't quite worked. Um, you never get over, quote-unquote, these kind of losses or tragedies. What actually happens, and this happens to the vast majority of people, is that you develop a capacity to manage it and you develop a mastery over it, but it's still it's still there, it's still present. Now, these are not events that you overlook or forget, but you, you, what you, what people are able to do is integrate them into the sort of landscape of their lives so they have mastery over it and they can manage it. And the vast majority of people do that. In fact, they would do it on their without assistance, a lot of the work that we do just helps that process along. Now, there are rare occasions, and these are rare, where people cannot, and usually there's something else going on at the time. Right. Uh, when it comes to Sandy Hook, I'm using it only because it's an episode that obviously so many of our listeners are familiar with. I would guess if you, or in fact, those bereavement specialists who were there, would report to us about the variety of reaction from the parents, it would be all over the place. You'll meet people that will you know, be depressed and you know, and, and act depressed and look depressed for God knows how many months and years, and you'll meet others that are right off the mat, uh, you know, actively doing things. Or you know, I, I remember it's 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 funny, funny. I remember um, uh, somebody that I know quite well who was in the um, uh, World Trade Center, you know, right before it collapsed, and he described to me the way his colleague had been handling it, and he mm-hmm. was depressed for years, and how he handled it, how he never thought about it again after that day. That does right. not surprise you, right? No, there's, there's a, the variety of responses. That's what I'm saying. Every time you you get into a situation, it's, it's like, as I said, it's a new book. It's starting from scratch because these extreme circumstances, people do what works for them, and people go through different phases also. People can go through phases of sadness, phases of shock, phases of anger, phases where they're... Fa- in fact, I, I think one of the things that Hashem does for us is when these enormous events is that He allows us to digest it in, in bite-sized portions because different aspects and different components of these events sort of enter our psyche at different times. We as regular people sometimes pick 
picked this up just from Shiva calls. I cannot believe mm-hmm. this happened and they are in with this type of demeanor. I can't believe that mm-hmm. things acted so naturally or such a long illness and they're so, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. It's it's Right. Right. And you have to be when you pay a Shiva call, it's very important that you you focus on the bereaved and on the person who's sitting on the Ovel. And in a way a term sometimes we use in psychology is to mirror to make sure that your response is in concert with the manner, with the needs that they that they expose to us at the time, so that we're responding to what they're saying, to the gestures, to the nonverbal mm-hmm. communications that they give us. Dr. Norman Blumenthal, David Mandel, um, your goal, right? Twenty years from now, when mm-hmm. you retire from OHEL, mm-hmm. you would like them to say that you were able to accomplish what in this part of their organization. Well, I think I think what's been very helpful, what, what I particularly appreciate, is that um, I, I do not do not want to have a monopoly on on helping people. Um, I think that developing and nurturing an awareness of what others need, or for that matter, cha- training other other professionals to do these types of interventions. Again, if something happens, the quicker you can get there, the better off we are. So if an event occurs, let's say in another town, and I'm, I'm two hours away, if I have a team that's trained in that right. town right. that can move in immediately. But also, I, I remember one very, it may sound silly, but a, a very accelerating experience occurred a number of years ago. I was in Chicago on, on an intervention, and a principal, I believe it was Hannah Sachs, but it was a principal, one of the high schools said, you know, we're sent, called me up, heard I was there and got in touch with me and said, you know, we're sending our girls out to do chesed all the time. We never taught them how to do chesed. Would you come down and do a class on how to do chesed? And it was late at night and I was in the hotel room and I put together a PowerPoint and I had a wonderful experience. Um, I, I guess if 20 years now what I'd like to be able to say is that I've enhanced, helped enhance, I can't do it myself and many other people participate, many very good people. Uh, I've helped enhance the awareness of how to do chesed to other people, how to help assist other people so that our, that we can perfect, you know, we, we're very good at perfecting our observance of Ben Adam Lamakam, that maybe we can perfect also our Ben Adam Even the Jewish world needs continuing education, huh? Okay, absolutely. No question about it. David Mandel, you've added quite a, quite a member to your staff, to say the least. You speak about bereavement. I just want to comment. When I paid a shiva call to Rabbi Yisrael Weizman from a good of Madison when he was sitting shiva for his father a number of years ago, um, he mentioned something that he learned from his Rebbe Rav Palmzatzal, which Rabbi Weizman always mentions in the name of Rav Palmzatzal, how to pay Yeshiva call. Uh, this may have been 10 years ago, and um, I like to repeat it because it's so instructive, because so many of us don't know how to pay Yeshiva call properly. And Rabbi Weizman said a Yeshiva call should uh, everyone knows that you don't start speaking until the person who's sitting shiva begins the conversation and he said a shiva call should be only about the nifta right if you don't know who the nifta was um ask the person who's sitting shiva you know i didn't know your father over shalom your mother over shalom tell me a good story about your father or your mother listen be quiet stay for seven minutes and get up and leave right uh, that is such That's a simple, powerful message. I, I just want to add to what Norman said from a personal experience, like you recounted, um, Nachum, and when you went through um, a, a difficult situation. Uh, a couple of years ago at Ohel, I, I was going through um, a difficult situation, and a number of colleagues wanted to wanted me to talk with them, wanted to talk with me. 
and I, I just wasn't ready to talk. And I wasn't ready to talk for too long. And what I didn't understand at the time is there were certain people, as, as Dr. Blumenthal said, you don't need to talk. Not everyone needs to talk. Not everyone has to talk. You can't force people to talk. But there are individuals in certain situations that have an obligation to talk. Hmm. If you're in a public position and there are people that want to help you, they want to feel that they are doing something with you, for you, and you can't not allow them. You have a responsibility in certain situations to allow people in. They are looking to help, and you don't always own yourself. You don't always own your own story. That's a different madrega, no? That's very good. Isn't that a? Uh, it's a little bit different than. Uh, right. It takes an extra effort to do that. Sure. Uh, summer is coming up, David Mandel and Doctor Blumenthal. Summer is coming up. Can we have a summer, David, where Doctor Norman Blumenthal's services are not needed? Can we please? <laughs> can we say a prayer together that but our he gets paid? <laughs> <laughs> that our community worldwide has a summer where your rapid response team can stay on vacation, so to speak. Hashem Yazo. I hope so. Absolutely. Uh, But there are a lot of things to discuss before the summer, and we always use the opportunity as we approach the uh, summer camping months uh, to remind everybody about certain things. And uh, what did you want to discuss this morning? Well, allow me if I can, Nachum, to say that I came this morning to listen to the eighth day. So when you (laughs) said that you're not sure where the eighth day is... Now we're in trouble. I was disappointed because... Uh, as I was driving in, I was thinking about the uh, the eighth day being at Kim Kelly last summer, and they just oh, you must rocked be big, the whole place. You must be a big fan now. Uh, they were just great. I you, can imagine. Just seeing the... Uh, well, we'll hopefully speak to at least one of them this morning at some point. <laughs> they Come were there don't during. Give up, don't give up hope yet, David. They were there during Girls Month, and 200 campus plus the staff, they were just. The place was rocking, so we're looking forward to them coming back again. All right, thank God for that. Anything else on summer safety you want to mention? <laughs> one of the things that I like to mention about summer safety is those parents that walk their sons and daughters to the bus, and as Tatala gets onto the bus and they give them those 14 instructions at a roll of quarters <laughs> that are that are all bunched into like one one on sentence and somewhere included in that is you know be safe play safe uh, don't go anywhere alone don't go in the pool alone never go out on the road at night alone and don't let anyone touch you where makes you uncomfortable and the conversations that really should occur a week earlier a month earlier under six calm months earlier under calm circumstances and should occur once or twice a year. Is your advice, which comes in the form of a DVD or a video, if I'm not mistaken, a video online maybe, is that still available? Can people, yes, yes. People can seek advice through the OHEL website? People can certainly go to the OHEL website, OHELfamily.org, and there's just a volume of information in terms of um, a DVD, uh, written information. Derek Seika, our Director of Communications, and Dr. Hindi Klein. I've updated um, just a tremendous amount of information on this uh, subject. And the original DVD never became obsolete. You're saying even today, in 2013, those regulations and different things we have to teach our children still apply. Well, as I remind people, um, what's obsolete is this this discussion occurs in Pasha's Achrimos Kedoshim. So um, that's not obsolete. It still continues. It still continues. Um, you mentioned uh, w- when we were preparing for today's conversation uh, it, it, something about parents' long-distance relationship 
with their children. Is that on the issue of summer safety, or you have something else in mind in regard to that? Uh, Dr. Blumenthal and I were speaking about the uh, separation that um, um, is often more difficult for parents. Of course, we oh, know of course. that the eight, nine-year-olds... <laughs> yeah, they love it. You know, they, 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 they miss their parents. They'll call up. And last yeah, a night or two. That's about I, it. You know, they serve banana pudding for dessert. Take me home, Mommy. <laughs> and by the, the time first you get, day of camp. And by the time you get the postcard that says, take me home, they're, they already want to stay. Postcard? Well, I know, email, whatever it is. I think some camps still make you write postcards, I'm not mistaken. So Dr. Blumenthal was uh, commenting about how, what, you know, what does separation mean for kids? What does separation mean for parents? What are some of the bullying issues, the social isolation issues? Well, Dr. Blumenthal, you mean this in a positive way for parents? Or, no, I'm being serious. Like, uh, well, I think camp is, camp is a wonderful experience. Correct. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have to stop and think uh, in the, the breadth of Jewish history, and for that matter, even outside of New York, York, uh, American, Canada, nobody else really has this, this wonderful opportunity for children to be away on their own in Correct. such a healthy, wholesome area, and we really have to be grateful to Hashem that we, we have this opportunity. And it's, it's, an air, it's a time when children relax, where they also, what I've seen very often is kids who may not excel academically. It's, it's a period of time where they can sort of flex their muscles, and they can you know, show their prowess, whether it's social prowess, or athletic prowess, or arts oh, and no crafts, etc., uh, it's it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful experience for the counselors because they get a chance to be responsible for younger children and really they're often on the cusp of of marriage and starting their own family right. so this countless wonderful opportunities for children and of course being away sometimes the being away also gives you a little bit of a perspective you know when you're you're in something when you're you're yep. living day in and day out you don't see it and then sometimes when you're away both for the parents and for the child when they come back you have a kind of different perspective and a sort of deeper understanding about your family and about your child positive negative uh, but just a, a deeper understanding so it's 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 really an exhilarating it's a wonderful experience it's not for everybody by the way there are many wholesome healthy children who just don't take kindly to the regimentation to the lack of creature comforts that the home has there's nothing wrong with a child like that but for those for whom it is uh, a, a tolerable and a positive experience it's something to be very grateful for so do you want to address the uh, the traumatic experience for the parents that they're going through when Tatala leaves home or? actually for me the traumatic experiences when they came home but <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe i'm maybe i'm i'm different um listen it's 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 in the nature of a parent to want to protect the child that's how we're wired and uh i think all of us have sort of in the, in the corner of our hearts a wish that we can sort of hover over our children even when they're 45 right and and protect them and insulate them from any of the dangerous challenges or setbacks that life inevitably uh, presents and uh, it's the Alkenyazo Vishasavivesimo that that is a challenge for your parents. So uh, all that is go. normal, you say? All this, all this is very normal. When people yeah. like you come into the studio, we like to make sure that we're all normal. <laughs> we like to make sure that everything that we're going through is the way it's supposed to be. And by the way, speaking of normal, back to our first topic. That, isn't that a big factor also to remind the people who are going through yes. all the difficulties that they may be going through in these specific situations that it is. All normal. You've to, seen it to before. Quote, to quote Viktor Frankl, a very famous psychiatrist who survived Auschwitz and became uh, a best-selling author for, for months, his, his classic book, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, he says an abnormal reaction to an abnormal situation is normal. Wow. So, the, the use of social media may be one of the greatest changes that, that really directly affect camp. No question. You mentioned the postcard before, and we jest about it, but um, there used to be a day when the first few days of camp, 
uh, parents were asked really not to be in touch with their children, give the kids a chance to adjust. Right. Camp is four weeks, eight weeks. It's, it's a big adjustment for a number of kids. And um, so you'd write a postcard home, and you'd come on visiting day, and that would be the expectation that would be normal. The new normal for many parents is, <laughs> I'd like to hear from my kid um, when the bus pulled out. <laughs> Correct. When the bus pulled into camp. Text me what time you pulled out. Text me, you know, how was dinner? What, what happened the next morning? Who, who are your bunkmates? Who are you sleeping next to? Um, who are you... Um, who, who are you playing ball with? Things like that. It's a and the same world. thing is for kids. Yep. So, what is the new normal? At, at Camp Cayley, we've tried to you know, find that policy. Everyone has an iPhone or um, um, something. Right. Um, should kids have access to their phones every single day, once a day, once a week, on Friday, on Sundays? And we've gone from you know, one extreme to the other, where there are a number of kids that want to text their parents every three hours. Right. There are parents that want to hear from their kids every three hours. Right. Or more often. And there are parents that say to us, you know what? Take his phone away. Friday afternoon for one hour, that's all I want to hear from him. I want him to have a good time. So one of our message to parents about summer safety is summer enjoyment. Um, allow your kids to have a good time. Encourage them to play ball, to swim, to relax, to have fun, um, not to be on the phone. We'll be taking kids' phones away, giving it back to them on Fridays, on trip day. The less time you spend on your phone, on your iPhone, uh, the more time you have to enjoy the real fun of camp. David is discouraging my desire to become a helicopter dad <laughs> that hovers all over the kid. Well, there you go. And by the way, Dr. Blumenthal, a piece of information you should be familiar with uh, in your new position because it comes up every single June when David visits here. Do you know who David Mandel's counselor was in camp? Do I have this right? <laughs> was it Rabbi Pesach Krohn? You've mentioned this a few times on the air, David Mandel. <laughs> I, I mentioned the story that when I was 13, Rabbi Pesach Krohn was my counselor. Pesach, at that time, Pesach, a tremendous force at that time. And he just had a way of encouraging kids to go beyond their own capabilities. Mm. Um, every single time I say hello, literally, I think of Pesach, Rabbi Pesach Kron, because he taught us the right way to say hello. There you go. And that's what camp is. Well, Decades uh, later, you remember something positive, and unfortunately... You can also remember something negative, no and question. that's the summer safety course. I think that's why we chose our respective careers, because I think the counselor I had when I was 13 still has post-trauma from what occurred to him that summer. So I guess that has reason why each of us has selected Very good, our, Dr. Uh, our oh, respective like careers. <laughs> I don't expect you to remember that, David, but you better remember that you had Pesach Crotus. Nachum, where are your kids going? They're going to Misora? There'll be four of them in Camp Misora, and we have one in Achenu Day Camp, and uh, one seems to be too old for camp. How do you like that? Welcome to the world, Nachum. Exactly. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> Information about rapid response and any other way that a school or group organization can benefit from all the different things that uh, Dr. Blumenthal and his staff could offer. What should they know, David? Well, the quickest way to reach OHEL is to call them a number, 718-851-6300. That's OHEL's main number. Look on our website, uh, ohelfamily.org. And um, anytime you uh, get onto the website, you can... Ask OHEL, oh, right. and someone That's will right. respond to you immediately. We have several people that look at that number, 
And Dr. Blumenthal is a very easy person to get in touch with. Uh, the mobile phone number, if directly for me through OIL, is 917-231-4185. That's uh, 917-231-4185. And uh, certainly, if necessary, please feel free to use it. And that's 24 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, David Mandel? Have Not only 24 hours a day, but it's um, also available throughout the country. Oh, very good. Dr. Blumenthal and staff are prepared to respond not only throughout New York City. But anywhere. Nassau mm-hmm. County, the tri-state area, but um, in, in those type of emergencies, anywhere that's needed. David, I hope we have a, a safe, pleasant, fun, and a sunshiny summer. No days like yesterday's golf outing, please. Looking uh-huh. forward to you visiting uh, next uh, this summer. Nachum, I hope to see you again, Cam Cayley. Thank you very much. And uh, Dr. Blumenthal, good luck. Thank you. An honor to have you here. Thank you. uh, It's my pleasure. Good luck in your new position. Dr. Norman Blumenthal with uh, OHEL. And uh, use those uh, phone numbers and contact information to get in touch with him and his team. 25 minutes after 8 o'clock, as David Mandel wished earlier, we'll speak with a representative of 8th Day and do their brand new single debut on the air all coming up. Thanks for listening on a Tuesday morning. This is JM in the AM.
Sam and the AM. We call that Baba's Nigun. <laughs> well, today we were originally scheduled to have Eighth Day live in studio for their debut single. Then we were told that uh, Eighth Day would be in touch with us live via telephone uh, to debut the brand new single. We are still planning on debuting the brand new single. We just don't know if Eighth Day is going to actually be participating with us when we debut the brand new single. Um, but I guess we'll find out soon enough since this radio program does end at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. But one of the benefits of um, announcing that 8th Day was scheduled to join us is that apparently David Lisker and his staff at 8th Day Catering were tuned into the radio program. Now, as far as I know, 8th Day Catering has nothing to do with the music group Eighth day, but we'll find out right now. David Lisker, welcome to JM and the AM. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. Now, am I right that you are in no way associated with the Eighth Day band that we've uh, gotten to know over the last few years? That's correct. But you yet call yourself Eighth Day Catering. We do call ourselves Eighth Day Catering. Can I make an assumption that Eighth Day Catering is named Eighth Day Catering because of the Eighth Day being the day of a bris? That is correct. So that's your specialty. That's our specialty. If your specialty was Pidgin Aben, it would be 30th Day Catering. That's true. And if it was uh, weddings, it would be 18-year catering, because 18 for chuppah, right? Exactly. But this is Eighth Day. <laughs> you must think I'm nuts. This is Eighth Day Catering, and um, and they specialize in uh, Brisson. So where is Eighth Day Catering based? We're based in Bergenfield, New Jersey. Bergenfield, New Jersey. And uh, who was the gentleman that Yosef Siegel was in touch with to set this whole thing up? And i got to give a big shout-out to Yosef Siegel. He was the one who set up breakfast for the WFMU staff this morning. Eighth Day Catering felt if Eighth Day was scheduled to be here, then Eighth Day Catering should be here. Who was the gentleman that he was in touch with? Uh, he was in touch with Mr. Avinair from TABC. I have a bunch of uh, work-study boys from TABC doing work-study with me. And that means what, work-study? They're doing hard labor? What are they doing? Uh, we don't get them too hard, you know, but, uh, you know, they, they work in the kitchen, helping on deliveries. They're helping all around with setting up brisses and parties and doing whatever. You so know, they could be waking done. up at 5 a.m. to go to a bris and start uh, setting tables. They said they would, and uh, they never showed that early. <laughs> 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 and they could, for instance, be in the kitchen and, uh, I don't know, uh, peeling potatoes yeah, or they, cracking eggs. They helped yesterday make the food that's provided for you upstairs. How do you like that? Unbelievable. And the staff and volunteers that come through this building today will be enjoying it. And what was the gentleman's name again, you said? Mr. Avinair. Avinair? His last name is Yeah, his last name is Avinair. All right, we give him credit for all this, and I thank Yosef Siegel for arranging it. And thank you, TABC. I mean, uh... It must be nice to have some extra help this time of year. Oh, it's wonderful. It's but, a very, very busy time. We actually had the privilege of having your son a few years ago. How do you like that? And this will last till when? This will last till graduations tonight. So mazel tov to them. And but, that's uh, it. That's it. They're done. You have now. I tried to get him to come with me this morning, but it sounded like it was too early for them. So you're going to add a big burden, a big workload to your regular staff <laughs> yep, after today. Absolutely. All right. That's what happens when you hire great, or not hire, when you help uh, great students from TABC with their work study. That's what happens. You get spoiled a little bit, and then. Uh, the staff has to pick up the brunt. Absolutely. All right. How do people get information about 8th Day Catering? Uh, they call us on the phone, 201-214-0803. Uh, our website's 8thdaycaterers.com. We uh, specialize in brisses, but we're doing all dairy, fleshic affairs now. How long have you been in business? Uh, coming up on 11 years. Oh, wow. That's nice. Do the guys from 8th Day know that there's such a thing as 8th Day Catering? It's a good question. We don't know. We don't know. 
And uh, the way things are going, we may not, they may not find out this morning because I may be left to debut the brand new Eighth Day single myself, the way things are going. Eighth Day Catering. I want to thank David Lisker and his staff. They're at 201-214-0803 when they found out that today is the day to debut the brand new Eighth Day selection. They insisted on bringing by a delicious brunch for the staff and volunteers at WFMU. So they'll be enjoying that all through the day. That's up there in the kitchen, I assume? Yep. I look forward to it very much. Information about Eighth Day Catering, a big thank you to David Lisker, 201 So you'll now sit with me and, uh, and wait and see if Eighth Day contacts us? I will. And if they do, we'll put in another big plug for you, trust me. Um... We'll let them know that there's some good catering here under their name, and uh, I'm sure you'll let them know there's some great music uh, that they're doing under your name. Uh, and by the way, 11 years, chances are you had the name before they did. I believe we did. Oh, so come <laughs> on. They've reached a point of notoriety to the, to the point where people think you copied them. It's just the opposite. This is true. To say the least. All right, we'll get to the eighth day uh, single debut coming up here at JM in the AM. Uh, tomorrow, Yaakov Shweki is scheduled to be live in studio with us right here at JM and the AM. Here he is from his live in Nokia double CD.
Folks, that's uh, Bonai done by uh, Nochi Cronin Company off of the uh, CD entitled Bonai here at JM and the AM. Before that, Yaakov Shweki, he's in our studio tomorrow. Tell everybody you know, 
Tweet it, Facebook it, tell everybody you know on your email list. Spread the word via telephone for those of you who still use the good old-fashioned phone. Yaakov Shweki in studio tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. I think we'll have better luck than we had this morning when we originally thought that at least one member of 8th Day would be with us for the big debut of their single. And then we thought that at least one member of 8th Day would be in touch with us via telephone, but that unfortunately did not work out. But I am not going to cheat our listeners from tuning in and listening to the brand new single. That I can tell you right now. So at 10 minutes before 9 o'clock, I take this opportunity to uh, introduce to you the brand new 8th Day single being released today. The, uh, the note that I received says that um, it will be available for download in the next 24 hours at the following website, yadlishliach.org, yad, Y-A-D, lishliach, L-S-H-L-I-A-C-H, yadlishliach.org. And for more information about the brand new debut single from 8th Day, you can go to our friend Ziasi Zwag's website, jewishinsights.com. He'll do a Jewish Insights Z-Report live lunch tomorrow, but today he has uh, all the latest information regarding 8th Day's brand new single. Don't forget, coming up later on in our stream, we've got a live lunch done by ZK at 12 noon Eastern time at jmnam.org. And Yishai Fleischer with an incredible lineup of guests coming up live from Israel at 5 p.m. Eastern time in our stream. Make sure to be tuned in. You will be fascinated by some of the stuff we'll be discussing today between 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern time at jmnam.org. Big thank you again to David Lisker and everybody at the 8th Day Catering uh, they've brought by breakfast in honor of the 8th Day's brand new single. 8th uh, Day Catering at 201-214-0803. And the staff at WFMU and the volunteers that come to work each day will be um, enjoying that breakfast or brunch, I should say, all through the morning. So thank you to David Lisker. Also, we're set for Shmuel and Bensi Marcus because the brand new single is ready to be played for the very first time. It is a song that's available at yadlashliach.org. You could check it out. And the, um, the title is Ker Avelt. Ker Avelt. Some people call it Anushim. We call it the world debut of the brand new eighth day single for you at JM in the AM.
Velt, as uh, Eighth Day calls it, that is their brand new single. We got the world debut here at JM and AM. All we were missing this morning was the members of the Eighth Day, but uh, knowing them and their travel schedule each year, they will probably be uh, out east. Um, they'll probably be out east at some point. Uh, during July or August, so hopefully we'll have them back. And Eighth Day Caterers has already made a commitment to come back when they come back. So, hey, we could plan for another exciting day uh, during JMNAM summer. Tomorrow, speaking of exciting, we are very excited. Tomorrow, Yaakov Shweki expected live in studio. That's right, live in studio tomorrow. Yaakov Shweki live with us. We'll talk about the brand-new double CD. It's the Live in Nokia CD. We'll talk about the brand-new Misha Berach selection dedicated to the Chayalei Sahal, the courageous and heroic uh, soldiers of the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces. And uh, we'll have a good time. It's a uh, rare opportunity for us. Yaakov Shweki in studio. We'll try to go to our phones and include some of your phone calls and um, uh, speak with him tomorrow morning right here 
at JM in the AM. Our stream goes all day long with amazing programming. Our music mix is spectacular. Our live lunch with ZK is wonderful, coming up at 12 noon Eastern time. And don't forget Yishai Fleischer. Yishai is going to be live at 5 p.m. Eastern time on the stream with an incredible array of great guests from Israel. He puts together a fantastic lineup each and every week, and this week is no exception. He'll also address the issue of whether Formula One is really coming to the Holy City or not. That is the rumor that there'll be a Formula One race in Jerusalem. Could you imagine? Leave it to Mayor Nir Barakat to uh, think of that one. Uh, so he'll address that and a whole bunch of other m- very important issues between 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the stream at jmnam.org. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmnam.org. And that wraps up a great Tuesday morning. Stay with the stream all day long at jmnam.org. We speak to you tomorrow morning, bright and early at 6 a.m. with Yaakov Shweki, expected in our studio. Tell the Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.